Okay, it is another week, uh, and we're smack dab in the middle of it. It's uh, definitely been an interesting week, um, and I think it's a. I think it's really important because um, we're approaching the fourth quarter of the year, right? It's it's just the end of September. And then we've got October, November, December coming. And that's a, that's a new quarter. That's a fresh quarter. Hedera is an enterprise network. Enterprises run quarter to quarter. There are all sorts of patterns that I think the community has noticed um, over the years and especially most recently with, you know, these quarters as they roll on and, and the way that uh, TPS acts and all these different types of things. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I think that this is, this is kind of like the end of a yearly or the end of a quarterly chapter, the beginning of a new one. Um, and I'm just kind of feeling that. And again, it's because businesses operate quarter to quarter, certain long-term initiatives, short-term, medium-term initiatives run on that clock. There's a few things that point to that, that we'll talk about today. A quick note too. Um, we're going to be talking about this today also, but next weekend we have Hello Future Live happening in Los Angeles, which is a big Hedera community meetup. Manson Lehman are going to be there. We're going to talk about it. Um, I'll have Elizabeth stopping by to share some, some thoughts and, uh, we can, we can kind of get dived into it. Um, but the uh, the other aspect to this is, um, it's a, it's a, it's a Hedera event, and usually what we've seen when it comes to um, the conferences and get-togethers and stuff is it's not really centered around Hedera. Hedera is really kind of, uh, in, and members of the community are going to these conferences as kind of a, a participant in those conferences. So. This one's really unique in that way. Um, the fact that it's very focused on the Hedera community. Um, so that's going to be, that's going to be interesting. But um, next week I'm planning on doing a show on Wednesday as usual, uh, but we're going to kind of see how it goes because I do plan on, on uh, going live uh, from LA. So we'll kind of see how that works out because we do have the, the shows on Wednesdays and everything. So it's going to be crazy, so stay tuned. Um, it's going to be exciting, and uh, things might be a little bit all over the map on my end for the show. But I kind of like that, you know? I kind of dig it. It's time to shake things up. It's time to get things rocking and rolling. Um, and today we're going to be talking about, of course, the conference, but we're also going to be talking about some some bear market craziness uh, that I think we've all been seeing kind of in Hedera, but also kind of just in the in the crypto space in general. Um, we're going to talk about what I'm seeing is kind of like a new wave of H barbarians forming. I'm noticing new conversations out there, new eyeballs on Hedera, new debates, which is very interesting to me. We're going to talk about the Oracle landscape on Hedera. And for those folks that don't know what Oracles are, maybe, um, we're going to, we're going to do a brief overview of that, but. Oracles on Hedera are a really interesting topic, especially when we look at um, all of the work in regards to stable coins, uh, proof of reserves, all those different types of things. Uh, we're going to talk about 
500 million tons of carbon credits being brought to the Hedera network. We're going to talk about some breadcrumbs involving Freddie Mac, which is very interesting to me. Hashpack has been making some big moves. We're going to talk about that. Um, we do have some kind of updates and new insights in regards to the Stablecoin Studio and WorldPay. Um, Saucer Swap has some big news this week as well. And um, Citadel Wallet has been posting some very exciting, um, awesome stuff. Uh, just responding to a message here. Okay, so as you can tell, it's a very busy time. And with that, hello from Ottawa, Canada, everyone. My name is Brandon Davenport, a.k.a. it's Brandon D. It is Wednesday, September 27th, and you're listening to episode 95 of the Hashgraph Enthusiast News Show. And the, the title of this news show today is, what's the gossip on LA? This meetup, what's going on? We're going to talk about it. This is a weekly news show where we cover the top 10 stories related to the Hedera, HBAR, and everything in between. Listen live on X Spaces every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other platforms to hear past episodes. Also, catch the Hashgraph Enthusiast interview episodes, a new format for the show as we grow. Um, I'm going to be, ha I have some interviews lined up. The conference has me pretty busy, so I imagine I'm going to be doing a couple cool um, interviews, um, during the conference, which will be fun. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Get all the info you need about the show at itsbrandnd.com slash hbar. For folks listening live on X Spaces now, check out the post pinned to the top for a list of our top 10 stories. Also take a moment to share the spaces with your friends. And if you've got some interesting news people should know about, click the comment button at the bottom right, you know, Give me the update and I'll be happy to share it with everybody. And for folks listening to the recording on podcast platforms, leave a comment, break down your thoughts on what we talk about today. Let's keep the conversation going. Um, and I want to really dive into it here. And just before um, I bring up Elizabeth to kind of chat about the event, um, like I said, uh, this is a really exciting thing happening in the community. Uh, and as I said, most of these conferences, Hedera will, you know, participate um, as a entity in these conferences, like many other networks, but this is really a community meetup, um, that is focused on the Hedera community that is of the Hedera community onboarding, you know, potentially hundreds of new people into the ecosystem and finally just being able to get together, you know, and the key info here is it is going to be held in the LA arts district from October 6th to 8th. Um, and some key players, and organizers is, of course, Elizabeth, who I'll bring up in a moment here. Altmom, who is uh, known in the crypto community. Seeky, um, who is, of course, known in the Hedera community as a music use case that's very exciting. Um, also, uh, Psyched Era, um, who is also listening here. Shout out to you. Uh, Houdini um, and Angry Penguins, all folks uh, helping out. And I'm sure there's, Elizabeth, I think, mentioned there was like close to 50 or 60 people helping out. So it's fantastic. Um, and the tickets, one day is 30 bucks for the Saturday and the Sunday is 60 bucks and the full access is 400. And just a few quick notes for me, um, the Friday, that's kind of the VIP thing. That's where I think some parties are going to be held. The Saturday um, is the big day 
right? That's when Mance and Lehman are speaking, signing. There's going to be live bands. Paulo Tasca from the uh, DLT Science Foundation will be there. Uh, and, you know, the Saturday goes till 10 p.m. Sunday, I'm coining Donut Day, right? The day starts off with donuts and coffee. They're going to have influencer talks. Um, dinners are probably going to be had. Um, lots of panels, um, DJ music. So it's going to be a bit of a vibe on Sunday for sure. And I think the the Monday, I think some folks might still be hanging out in LA. I've got the Monday available, so I'll be just kind of hanging out. Um, and I know that they're looking for support. Um, I know some folks in the community like Max Walker Williams are, are heading out very early, kind of help set up and get things rocking. So um, if you're wanting to help out with the event and kind of help get things um, set up and and, and help things run smoothly, definitely reach out to the organizers because they're looking for that support. It is a community event. Um, Genfinity is going to be doing coverage of the event, the media coverage, and they've done a great job at past conferences. So it's going to be nice to have those folks there. King Solomon, shout out, a uh, big supporter of this show out there in LA covering this for the Hedera community. Um, Seeky's going to be doing live music, but also Seeky's going to be offering... Um, a live broadcast of what's happening at the conference for folks that maybe can't make it to LA. They can still kind of um, see what's going on and participate, which is great. Um, Mint Condition, I believe, is going to be doing some onboarding for NFTs. There will be an art aid auction, um, which uh, my firm, D Dirksen of Davenport, is contributing to. So that'll be that'll be awesome. And then, I mean, when we look at kind of who's coming, who are the panelists, who are the key people? Like, I mean, of course, we got Manson Lehman. We're going to have Sushil from Drop, uh, Paolo, who, Paolo Tasca, who is uh, the CoinCom chair at Hedera, the chairman of the DLT Science Foundation and co-founder of Quant. So Paolo is going to be a very interesting person to bump into. We'll have Jim Nasser from Acor. Uh, of course, we'll have King Solomon and the Genfinity folks. We're going to have the folks also from Neuron. I talk about Neuron a lot on this uh, show. So it's going to be awesome to have those folks there. Uh, of course, you know, Chris from Seeky um, and all those folks. And uh, yeah, I think that this is going to be one for the books. Um, and I think that this is going to be um, something that we're going to look back on as kind of like the first like community gathering of... Uh, of H barbarians. Like it's, it's pretty wild. And I just wanted to say like a um, uh, big hello to Elizabeth. We're getting close. I think we're like eight, eight days out now. And I just wanted to kind of check in with you and, and see how things are going. I, I can only imagine how busy and excited you guys are. It's been really fun. Um, yesterday I was down at the location and went through um, with some, we have, we have security um, coming to the event, of course. And went went there, and the day before, finalized all the rental furniture. So we're going to have a couple of cabanas, a big table, you know, a huge table for people to just sit. And um, there's going to be a food truck, and it's really cool. You can get lobster or uh, shrimp or burgers. It's it's a kind of teriyaki thing with rice, and it's really interesting food. Very good. And so people will be able to just gather and there's smaller tables where you can just chitter chatter. Uh, it's more of a, a welcoming type of atmosphere where people are encouraged to sit and talk to each other. And then there's the panelists line up on Saturday and Sunday. And in between the times of the talks, 
There'll be musical uh, performances. So we'll have activities also. Um, we're doing, as you mentioned, Brandon, the uh, Manson Lehman have agreed to sign autographs of collectibles. We're doing a really cool program for the uh, event. So you will be able to either have that signed by Manson Lehman, or if you want to bring something that you've always wanted them to, to sign, um, they're going to be doing that. And then you can take that collectible and then Brandon at Twigital will digitize it for you. So that's kind of exciting. Um, one of the things that I'm really excited about is showcasing our technology to the artists in the arts community. So tomorrow I'm going down to uh, give everybody in the arts community these beautiful uh, uh, flyers that we've made for them to post in their stores and inform the art community, even though they already know, you know, um, there's like 30 key uh, galleries and things that I'm putting in the posters. And I'm going with the gentleman, Damon Martin, who owns the gallery. And he's been in the arts district for six years. And he's head of the uh, uh, business association down there. And I think one of the things people will find fun is exploring the arts community also. It's a very vibrant place. There's a lot of uh, building, uh, you know, uh, construction going on with people gravitating towards there. Warner Brothers is there. A lot of the uh, entertainment business has kind of located down in the arts district. So that's what uh, is the to create a mass transformational movement. We have to grow the community. We can't be in our little Twitter bubble and keep saying, how do we grow? How do we grow? We have to go to in real life communities where real internet users are and say, hey, here's a technology that might be good for your business or your project or as an artist, you post something on Instagram all the time, but you don't really get any value from that back. Why not learn how to make a digital collectible or an NFT and put that on Instagram and give it to your community and try to help them understand that Hadera Hashgraph and it can aid them in their marketing and without spending a lot of money. Right. So a big component of this is there's there's the existing community in the LA Arts District and 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 what this is about is really creating an environment where the Hadera community can get together, um, meet up, make those connections, but also um sounds like quite a few uh people from from the community um in the arts district that are maybe new to web3 or new to Hedera are going to be able to kind of be placed in an environment where they'll have that support to kind of explore nfts explore um what Hedera can do uh, and it sounds like there's going to be um ways that they can mint nfts there or 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 different mechanisms for onboarding i'm curious about that aspect as well Yes. Well, some of the artists that I've been speaking to are planning on doing a painting live. So there'll be two or three artists that are out in the uh, in the outdoor area that will be painting, doing a painting live. And then they'll do smaller uh, paintings that you can go ahead and take and twitchitize. And so we're kind of meshing. They don't have any idea 
what Web3 is. And they, they are curious, but as with anyone who doesn't understand something, they're a little like fearful. Is it hard? Is it expensive? I don't know how to do it. I, 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 no one's here to teach them. So in an infotainment setting, in a, a very kind of laid back way, they can kind of take a, there's a minting zone and they'll be able to go over to the minting zone and learn how to take a picture from their phone, get a HBAR wallet, of course, uh, then uh, some HBARs and we'll be giving them some HBARs and then learn how to mint a NFT. We know that it doesn't take today. It used to be much more difficult, but with, uh, you know, Outlantis and Mint Condition and different platforms that we have to mint things, it's not that difficult. But, you know, if in an experiential way with someone standing by them saying, OK, now press this and do that. I I'm going to be curious to see what their faces are like when five minutes later they're looking at their phone saying, that's it. That, that Now I have an NFT, you know, so and it cost a dollar fifty. So that, right. that's so they're going to take that artist is going to take that knowledge back to his own community of 10 or 20 artists that he's friends with and say, hey, look what I did on Saturday. You can do it, too. I'll help you. Let me show you how. And that's going to grow community. I love that. And, and, and you know, of these new connections that can be formed, um, that's that's where later on, you know, on on X or Twitter um, following each other, staying connected, the the engagement, the support that that network effect doesn't have to stop no. on Sunday. Right. It's it's about building these connections and carrying that through and growing um, the community. Absolutely. Um, Saturday is more uh, the panel talks are, you know, as you mentioned, Neuron and, and Acor and Manson Lehman and Paolo. And then Sunday's talks are all geared towards community. How how does one uh, make an NFT a business? Uh, there's a panel on the with the Hedera influencers uh, talking about how they grow community and why they got into uh, HBAR and what what they feel about things. And um, then there's some other uh, people from outside of our community. Block C is a, a CRM and they're going to be talking on Sunday. So Sunday is more of a, a total focus on community community speakers, um, how to grow community, uh, what your experience is like in the Hedera community to encourage uh, other people to say, hey, you know, when you meet somebody, it's like you vibe with them. It's like, well, they're pretty cool people. Maybe I'll start hanging out with them on Twitter or X. And I'd, I'd like to learn more about this. We all started in, in Hedera with a curiosity of what is this Hedera? And then as we got to know it, we were more curious and found out all kinds of things. And years later, here we are. And we have to take our knowledge and, and do a knowledge exchange with people to get them into the first leg of Hedera also. So they're going to be curious. And, and the ripple effect and the network effect of the events will continue on in that community because they're going to be talking about their experience they had at Hello Future Life showing the other people, look, this is really simple. This little wallet I got, um, I'm talking with the vendor for the um, the truck vendor, 
and I'm going to teach her on Saturday how to accept HBAR. So hopefully she'll be taking HBAR for your meal. And she's like, I don't understand it. So I don't understand it. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, I can't do that. And I'm like, no, no, tomorrow I'm going to help you. It's really simple. So that's crazy. So there'll, there will be vendors like for food and stuff that'll be accepting HBAR as payment. Well, I'm going to show her on Saturday. It's up to her. She wants to do it. Yeah. But once I show her, what's the downside? She's going to say, oh, that's cool. I love that. I think that's awesome. Um, and I was going to I was going to ask you just two questions because I've got this this weekend news has been crazy. So I got a lot to cover. But, you know, I think that at this point, folks, the, the, the full picture of this event is starting to come together. And when we look at outside the event, like myself and other people that might be going to L.A. for the first time, um, you know, from your perspective as someone that knows, you know, L.A. really well, like what are some other cool things that H. Barbarians should do while in L.A., for example, if they're arriving early or staying for an extra couple of days that maybe you would recommend that they should that they should check out? Well, um we're also uh, putting together like a cool after party on Saturday, Friday and Saturday that you can participate in. But uh, like, for example, if you're here Monday, there's always like, you know, there's the golden triangle of Beverly Hills. Um, If you wanted to go see Santa Monica, that's a beautiful place on the beach and there's a pier and there's uh, things to do on the pier. It's really kind of fun. And let's see if you want to do like universal city, that's a subway ride away from downtown, and that's, uh, you know, famous Universal City. Uh, you can go there and see the back lots and things like that if you're into that Hollywood vibe. And then there's always Hollywood, which is kind of a funky place, but it's really very, very fun to go to Grauman's Chinese Theater and do that kind of touristy thing. And that that's always fun to be a tourist for an afternoon. Um, and then, uh, you know, West Hollywood has a lot of shops. Um, individual shops, like interesting kind of shops. And then there's Melrose Avenue, which is kind of famous for a bunch of artists and uh, artistic kind of shops. So we'll put together a little list of things for people. And uh, the thing I like about it is some people are planning to come together. And so they'll be able to go off on their own little adventures. But the the gathering itself is going to be jam-packed for uh, all the the 10 to 10 and 11 to 4. And so there'll be, you know, you'll have Sunday evening to explore L.A. if you wanted, wanted to do that. And Sunday morning. We're also having a great uh, event that Milan is here uh, and he's doing with his geotap. So there'll be a treasure hunt of these geotaps that we're placing all over the place that Milan's and uh, H-Bar Joe is doing from Earthlings. And uh, the winner of the Geotap uh, treasure hunt will get a Sunday morning coffee with Lehman Baird for 15 minutes or 20 minutes. So that's kind of an exciting thing. People will collect all the Geotaps and then get to meet Lehman for coffee. That's awesome. I love that. And and another question would be, just, just as we're getting to, to the event here, something that is on my mind, but also I think on a lot of people's minds is... Um, 
you know, folks might be staying in hotels like by the airport or in the financial district or whatever. What's the best way to get around L.A.? Like, is it is is the move, you know, grabbing an Uber or is public transit the best thing to do? You know, uh, there is a subway system um, and it goes pretty far. Uh, but L.A. is a, a very large area itself. So par- probably I would suggest a combination of that, like maybe take the long leg like from the airport, LAX to downtown, there is a, uh, a subway. Um, and then once you get to the end of the subway, then you can hop in an Uber or you can walk. Uh, so I would say probably, depending on how far you're going, um, to do a combination so it doesn't get too expensive because the area itself is very large. It's kind of like London in that way, where they have a great transport system in London. Believe me, it's beautiful. And then, um, you know, you get to where you're going and you either have to walk the last leg of the journey or take a, a taxi. Right. OK, that makes sense. Um, and then kind of the, the last thing I wanted to ask you, and I and, and I also wanted to, to say, like, was there any other um, info or alpha that you wanted to share about uh, the event with everybody? I think um, in terms of alpha, you know, what I said on our spaces that we had earlier this uh, week with Manson Lehman is it's if there is an example of a decentralized gathering, this is it. So uh, everyone has contributed in their own way, in their own um, areas that they've been doing, Houdini and In Amaze and, of course, our angry penguins with the great graphics. And so, uh, you know, it's it's a fluid kind of uh, thing. I don't know how it's, uh, you know, we have a, a basic foundation, but, you know, I don't know when you meet somebody, are you going to say like, hey, let's do something later on? I don't know. You know, it's 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 all going to be, that's the fun of it. It's discovering the unknown. That's the sense I get of this is I, I feel like the aspect I'm most excited about is, is the unknown, is the, just the fact that I'm going to be in the same area with so many people I care a lot about in this community um, and just not knowing what could happen or, or what fun ideas might, you know, transpire or if we're going to create something together. Or it, it, that's like the really exciting aspect of it. And I think you hit the nail on the head of this being a much more decentralized event than we've seen it. It's really a community meetup. I, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, it is. And and when Man, Man, Mance was on the spaces, he said, I said, what are, you, what are you looking forward to most? And he goes, I'm just looking forward to hanging out with you guys, you know? And I thought that was just, that's just the, really the essence of the whole thing, that we should all just hang out with each other, have a great time. There's going to be a lot of other people that we don't know there. So you'll be, you know, kind of ambassador. Each one of us will be little ambassadors in our own way to uh, introduce Hedera to, to all these people that have, some people are just going to be coming because they they heard that it's great music, or that they heard that the new gal it's the gallery is uh, in a new location, so it's kind of an opening for him also. So a lot of the community is coming to see his new gallery, and you know, so they're going to come with thinking they're going to see a new gallery and and listen to some music, and then there's going to be all this stuff about uh, Hajar Hashcraft and and oh, I see, so we can do uh, digital art and, and they don't, their fear is that uh, digital art is going to take away the value of their physical paintings. 
and we know that's not the case. They can it can enhance that value of the painting. Even they're going to learn that they can do a provenance with their painting through Twigital. So these are the kind of light bulb moments that I think might be happening. Very powerful stuff. That's so true. Yeah, like um, really giving them those insights, that reassurance um, in the art world. I think that Hedera is designed for the art world. So I, I think that's fantastic. And I mean, you know, to some of your other points as well, like, the reality is, is that a lot, you know, a lot of times the Hedera community reached these exciting headlines, like especially, you know, for example, you know, the Fed now stuff of like, oh, this is a big news item that's driving the price of HBAR. It's grabbing everybody's attention across the globe. Drop was really fantastic. And, you know, the CEO of Drop will be in LA and you can hang out with them. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a very unique um, situation, you know, that I think is because our community is still forming. This is a really kind of special time. I mean, I always say that I borrow the phrase from uh, the office that Michael Scott says, but he says, we're in the good old days right now. <laughs> um, so I think, I think this is kind of like peak good old days for Hedera. And it's just, it's exciting to be a part of it. Cause I think it's truly something we'll look back on. Um, you know, and be like, oh, were you at that first meetup in LA, you know, years ago, the, the, the one, you know what I mean? It's really exciting. Well, I wanted to also let the enterprise people know how much talent there is in the community because we don't know them and they don't know us. We know of them though, and, but they don't, there's so much talent in the community. <laughs> I don't, I think they're going to be blown away. Uh -huh. Absolutely. It's about building those connections. And I think that a lot of people in the Hedera ecosystem and community still feel that distance between the governing council and the Hedera community. It's, I mean, it's a topic I'm going to talk about later on the show, but um, it's really things like this that are going to help move things in the right direction and, and help some of these network effects take hold. So mm -hmm. I just think it's great. I mean, before I let you go, Elizabeth, I wanted to just ask, um, I, you know, this is a community run event, support is needed. Is there any call to action to the community or ways that folks traveling to LA can support, uh, the, the, the event, even in small ways? Well, um, buy your tickets before you get here, because depending on how many people show up at the event, it would be easier for us if people already had their tickets uh, from Eventbrite rather than, uh, sign in and buy it at the event that would help us in terms of flow of people and the other thing is um just if you can't come just go to seeky there, there are going to be three live streams going one for the talks one for the music and then angry penguins is doing it and so uh, i really just encourage everybody to watch the live stream and uh you know everybody at the event can take pictures and uh tweet about it and and share all the good news. I think it's just going to be, we need to celebrate because the bear is going to end sometime soon. It always does. What goes up goes down. What goes down goes up. So let's take this as a really great opportunity to build our relationships and strengthen our relationships and, and get ready for when the bull runs. You don't know what's going to happen when you meet somebody. When You might even meet somebody uh, outside of the community that says, can you be my marketing manager? Can you help me? Can there's a lot of places, and, and there are uh, several uh, 
uh, investors coming. And so we never know what's going to happen there. So you don't know who you're going to be talking to or what's what that person really is. So just, uh, you know, be be uh, just have some fun and and share the news. And one thing I learned in Hedera more than anything other business I've ever been in is ask people for what you want. Ask, tell people what you need. Um, everybody's very welcoming to that. And um, for me, myself, the Art Aid Auctions is a dream come true. And that's what Hello Future Dow has built for the community. It's a permanent home uh, for having charity auctions. And we'll be doing a soft launch of that at on Saturday uh, with 20 NFTs from the community. Uh, and we're going to test out the platform. And then we're going to go full speed with that. So... Um, I've always been into the charitable aspects of things, and that's what Art Aid Auctions is really about. So thanks a lot, Brandon, for letting me talk all this time. And I look forward to meeting you in Los Angeles and just have a really good time. And, and but let's have some fun. I love it. Yeah. And, and uh, my, my, uh, my firm, Dirksen and Davenport, we're going to contribute um, one of the deluxe editions of the Hello Future song, one of those NFTs to the Art Aid auction. I was chatting with um, one of your one of your supporters there, so that's going to be exciting. And huge thank you to you, Elizabeth. I mean, <clears throat> from the get go, I remember um, just making my way into the Hedera community back in you know 2021 and being on your Hello Future Buzz Spaces and the support that you've helped kind of get a lot of people started in the ecosystem. So I think. Um, this is also like a celebration of your efforts as well. So really appreciate um, all the work you're putting into this, Elizabeth. And I think that this is uh, just the beginning of an exciting era for the community, in my opinion. De definitely it is. And it's a very exciting uh, era of starting the Hello Future DAO, which uh, is yeah. going to be for the community and by the community. And uh, that's uh, more more pillars of that are coming as we go forward. Right on. Okay, Elizabeth, we'll take care. I'll let you get back to it. Um, and uh, people are really excited to start seeing some more of those uh, photos of the space and details and everything as we lead up to it. It's so exciting. Thanks so much, Brandon. All right. Take care. Okay. So that's exciting, guys. So Elizabeth, organizer of the event, along with her volunteer team, um, an OG in the space, um, and, uh, it's all going down in LA. I'm, I'm so excited. And I mean, we talked about some of the things happening, but I think really the, 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 again, just to, just to wrap, um, on this is, you know, get your tickets, get them now. And if folks are one thing, reach out to me, if you are in a situation where, um, you, you're looking to get a ticket, but maybe you can't afford the full access pass or something like that. Reach out to me, reach out to Elizabeth. There's certain initiatives and stuff happening. So we'd be happy to help out with that as well. Um, but yeah, Friday, that's the VIP vibes Saturday. That's the, the big panel talks, lots of music, full bands. Sunday is all about community. There's going to be parties and food and donuts, all that good stuff. LA. Um, I love it. So now we're going to switch gears. I want to take a hard, hard, hard turn um, into our number two story of the day, which is kind of um, the backdrop 
of all this, right? Because in the Hedera community, we're very excited. There's lots of things happening. It's been, it's been, the sentiment has been shared over and over that um, growth on Hedera is, is going up when, you know, it isn't so much on maybe some other, some other ecosystems just in, from the purview of, you know, enterprise adoption, all those different types of things. It's exciting. It's exciting on Hedera, but the backdrop of that in the crypto space is there's some crazy things happening. And I mean, um, you know, folks saw the live stream of BitBoy. That was crazy. Um, just want to say, I mean, it, it now is definitely not the time to dunk on anybody. Um, and I mean, you know, I'm watching that stuff unfold, you know, I get Ben Armstrong is a big, um, player in the crypto space. A lot of people still follow him. So I'm obviously going to pay attention to what's happening, but, uh, it's, it, it's definitely a time where I'm seeing, you know, so if you look back to the last bull market, I mean, how many of those major brands, individuals, companies just aren't here? Or worse, you know, sabotaging themselves or or other aspects of the ecosystem is just crazy. And that's that's kind of the throes of the bear market, right? Is is there are actual consequences and people um, feel those consequences and it bubbles to the surface in a very kind of sensationalized um, attention grabbing way, it makes it hard to stay focused on what you're doing. And I mean, you know, it can't be ignored. You know, the BitBoy stuff is crazy. And I think the takeaway uh, for me on that front is I'm just not saying a whole lot on it. And I think that there's just so much that's going to be happening. That's so much noise. Um, I'm really curious to see who in the crypto industry is focused on forward momentum and who's interested in spinning wheels, right? Because as we know, when you spin your wheels, that generates engagement, it generates attention and revenue and all those, all those kinds of things. And largely the folks moving things forward don't get as much of a limelight. So in general, for me, it's really less about um, dunking on and criticizing and pointing out things that are going wrong during a bear market and more so doing the tough work of trying to find, you know, the things that are going right and spotlighting those, but um, it can't be ignored. There's some crazy stuff happening in this bull market. I mean, also just specifically to the Hedera ecosystem, we saw Access um, tweet out that they will be um, distributing private keys via email for Metacore holders, which is crazy for, for those without the background information, access spelled with a V instead of an A was a Hedera project that minted millions of dollars of NFTs, um, in the form of these, uh, Metacores, um, and they have a, they had a roadmap, but there were difficulties and they just, nothing ended up happening. And, and a lot of folks deemed the project a failure or a rug. So it was very strange to see out of the blue that Access was going to be sending out private keys via email um, from their tweet, which was really weird. And I'll read their tweet here. Um, <clears throat> Access tweeted out, hey, we will be sending out via email your private keys for the Hedera wallet so that you can manage your Access digital collectibles. After we make the switch to Ethereum, you'll be able to move Metacores back into the new platform. So that was the big point of contention was people bought these NFTs. It was largely a custodial project and nobody really had 
the ability to access those NFTs, which was a big sticking point. So, you know, it seems that maybe these folks will get access to those wallets with those NFTs in them and be able to do things with them. I, I don't know if this is the best approach. I'm not a security expert, but I imagine sending private keys over email is not the best approach, but we'll have to see. But I just want to, if anyone out there, you know, is, is kind of in that access, um, loop, that's the update. So stay tuned on that. I'm, I'm curious to see how that unfolds. Um, I've also too, like just in general, like on Reddit, um, specifically in the Hedera community subreddit, <clears throat> I'm seeing more posts now, kind of people questioning their investment in HBAR, maybe not totally understanding the full trajectory or the full picture, probably newer investors, uh, maybe people that bought, like, for example, like when the FedNow news got launched or when Dell was added to the governing council, those kind of key milestones as people invest and become a part of the community. When you're in a bear market, you can start to see the trend of um, that fear component, right? There's that famous saying of like, <clears throat> uh, buy when, when there's fear, sell when there's greed, there's a lot of fear, right? And I see that manifesting in conversations on the Hedera subreddit and all those different types of things. But there is a there is a silver lining to that where um, it's always important to consistently test your investment thesis, your conviction in Hedera um, and challenge that. So I think it's healthy, but it's just an observation that I've known just from a, a sentiment point of view is, um, you know, a little, a little bit more of that than usual, but that just comes along with a bear market. Um, and on the topic of, we, we mentioned um, Paolo Tasca, um, who is again, the, uh, uh, what's his, what's his title again? He's got quite the title, Paolo Tasca. He is the CoinCom co-chair, right? So that's the, 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 the coin committee, the tokenomics committee of Hedera in the governing council. He's also the chairman of the DLT Science Foundation, and he's the co-founder of Quant. I mean, that's totally random and totally crazy that we're going to have a co-founder of Quant in LA. Kind of wild. A lot of folks in the Hedera community are interested in Quant. But again, kind of in this bear market, Paolo Tasca tweets out in response to a Coindesk article. Um, the Coindesk article, quick excerpt says, quote, a bipartisan group of House lawmakers told SEC Governor Chair um, Gary Gensler, to reverse the agency's rejection of spot Bitcoin ETFs. The members of Congress said the SEC needs to defer to the courts. And Paolo Tasca responds to this saying, quote, it is embarrassing to see how SEC is handling the many ETF Bitcoin spot applications, arbitrarily blocking innovations like the spot ETF on Bitcoin stifles economic growth and puts us at a global disadvantage. While features... Uh, while features green, oh, while futures ETFs are greenlit, we must question the imbalance in decision making. And this is really relevant because just today, before the show, uh, Gary Gensler, again head of the SEC, gave a testimony to Congress. And I mean, a few notes to that that is is essentially, you know, the U.S. Congress um, says, you know. Gary Gensler refuses to be transparent about his interactions with FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried and is warning, warning of a subpoena. Um, and uh, the Congressman McHenry 
says, quote, you don't want to be the first SEC head to receive a subpoena. Our patience is running thin. Of course, Maxine Waters is kind of blowing a little bit of smoke, um, praising Gary Gensler. Um, and the, the very, very uh, conflicting views. But with, you know, in the U.S. with with a, with a possible shutdown looming and different things like that, with deadlines on a few of these spot ETFs um, mid-October, it's very, very interesting to kind of see how this is all going to come together. But it's clear um, that we need that regulatory clarity because um, another aspect of this that was on a podcast published today by Hedera, the Gossip About Gossip podcast, that had Scott Thiel from DLA Piper. And he raised a really great point just kind of on this topic, which was their DLA Piper. And I talked about this in depth on last week's episode. So, so go listen to that. But DLA Piper is working with the, um, the, the VARA regulatory body in Dubai. And, and what Peter, what Scott Thiel says is he says, this is the regulatory body that you wish you had in your country. Um, he says that in Dubai, they're kind of operating on kind of clear rules with a clear, um, you know, cop, right? That's regulating the, the VARA. And they're able to, to move forward with a lot of these initiatives, understanding the rules. Whereas if you look at the situation in America, you have this game of hot potato where all these respective agencies are passing the buck around. It's not really clear what the rules are. You know, Gary Gensler doesn't really give a straight answer on what is a commodity and what isn't. There's there's just a lack of clarity. So um, it, that was just a really interesting point. So I think that in the context of this bear market, it's a lack of that clarity uh, from a broad perspective. And then shrinking this back into the Hedera lens is uh, Mei Chen from Hashpack sent out an interesting tweet that I responded to that I just wanted to... Um, speak to briefly, but May Chen tweets out, and, and this tweet has a lot of um, conversation on it that I think is fantastic. She tweets out, quote, the core infrastructure on Hedera that is operated by companies building on the platform is critical to enterprise adoption. This needs to be recognized at the top level, um, obviously referencing the Hedera Governing Council and, and the board. Continuing, she says, quote, unless Hedera wants to build and operate everything from mirror nodes to wallets to oracles, et cetera, themselves. So um, there is there is a theme that I'm noticing of, again, in a bear market, you have a catch-22 situation where you need certain infrastructure that services the Hedera community, but there isn't a lot of revenue opportunity to service the Hedera community. It's a small community. It's a nascent community. It's a bear market. So it's it's a tough situation because if you, for example, have um, a project that provides mirror nodes or you have a project that provides some form of infrastructure, let's say you want to build a retail oracle or something like that, that really the space is in desperate need of, <clears throat> the, the opportunities to make that happen are difficult because for... Um, any kind of mechanisms you'd be able to get funding for that, it really relies on, well, how much revenue are you going to generate, right? And that's tough. It's tough to align that. And that what that's what creates that catch-22 situation is 
how how are you going to get these things in the ecosystem? How are you going to invest in those things if largely, you know, the Hashgraph Association, the HBAR Foundation, um, and Hedera are investing um, in kind of initiatives outside of the direct Hedera ecosystem that are very effective, right? But internally within this network, we're starting to see some some issues. And one thing that I notice is um, a, a type of brain drain, right? We have a lot, and I, again, I, I talk about this a lot. I don't want to diatribe on this too much, but we have a lot of people in this ecosystem that build tooling that, that folks depend on, that enterprises depend on. We have individuals um, that are working on, you know, MVPs, minimum viable products and services and things that, again, the community needs that address certain pain points. And the problem is, is that because these folks need to pay rent, right? They got to buy groceries. They have to support their families. What What's happening is they're transitioning to, let's say, consulting or they are, you know, they're, they're getting a new job uh, at somewhere outside of Hedera or outside of Web3 entirely. And the problem is, is that when the bull market arrives, we don't want to be in a situation where these core people are just not around. Um, that's not a situation that we want because those people are in Hedera because they're super passionate, right? And a little crazy. And that's incredible. But the people that are going to come and be building on Hedera in a bull market, they're going to, their incentive is going to be money. So it's going to be very a very different situation. It would just be so unfortunate to have those folks not around when the bull market kicks in. And who, like you know, who are these folks that I'm talking about? And really, who they are is, if I were to reach out to people in the ecosystem and go, give me a list of twelve individuals that you feel contribute in regards to network tooling, you know, hips. Um, providing products and services that, that the community needs. Like, who are those people? And largely, I think we'd have a list of the same people if we match them up. And I think it would be so important for um, new ways for money to get to these people. You know, again, very small amounts of money to get to these people to help pay the rent or the, or get food or whatever. So they can spend this time in the ecosystem. I think that the more time that those individuals can spend in the Hedera ecosystem is going to have an ex an accelerating effect in the bull market. And I think that not making that investment is going to be a detriment. But it's to what Elizabeth says, right? We're, we are aware of the governing council, the folks, as, as Mei Chan said, at the top level, but it's really the, the onus is on those folks at the top level to take a minute and take another fresh look at this internal ecosystem and some opportunities here and understand that the buy-in for those opportunities is tiny in comparison to a lot of the initiatives that they have. Um, so there's a lot of great conversation on this topic. Um, I'm going to be sharing, the, and I've already shared and retweeted and all that kind of stuff, the thread from Mei Chen, but Really important post, lots of conversation. I've said my piece on it, but it's a, a topic that I really think should be top of mind for everybody in this ecosystem as we get into quarter four is um, we cannot afford to have um, really important 
individuals contributing to this network. We can't afford to have those people spending less time in the network. What is it going to take to keep them um, spending time in the ecosystem? Um, and what mechanisms can we use to, to, get, to get that support to them? I, I don't think the mechanisms exist right now. Um, and I think that just there needs to be some conversations around that. And those conversations have been started. So I love that. Um, just before we get into our third story, I just wanted to um, quickly uh, mention <clears throat> the Hashgraph Enthusiast Show averages about 500 listeners every week on X Spaces um, and hundreds more on podcast platforms. Over the years, I've covered every major Hedera news event, unpacked almost every juicy rumor, and hosted countless in-depth discussions with important figures in the Hedera ecosystem. And the thing I love about it is I do it live. Um, I love doing these spaces live. Sometimes the episode is just me. Um, but when you do a show like this live, it just creates opportunity where you don't know if someone's going to stop by. It was just so fun to have Elizabeth stop by earlier and just chat about what's happening in LA. So that's why I love doing these things live. So if you'd like to support the show, consider making an HBAR contribution like many folks in the community have been doing. Even a few bucks add up. Um, Right now, uh, what I'm focusing on with the show is new types of short form content. Um, as I said, we've moved the time of the show from Sundays to Wednesdays. Uh, we're doing new interview spaces, lots of things happening with the show. I'm reworking the format. Um, so the contributions to the show are being put to good use. Um, and it's really making this new era of Hashgraph enthusiasts possible. Um, in a bear market. Um, and I've been having some really great discussions um, with uh, folks in the ecosystem who want to support the show in all sorts of different ways. So I'm feeling really excited about how the rest of the year is going to shape up for this show. Um, and if you're interested in sending a contribution, um, I'll have, what I'll do is I'll tweet out the um, HBAR, uh, the, the Hedera wallet address for the show um, later. Um, and I think I actually, you know what? I think I actually have it um, here. Uh, usually I do um, the uh, .hbar domain, but I am not 100% sure if those are, are working correctly or I don't, I don't know for sure. But anyways, um, you, can, you can try enthusiast.hbar. Um, I appreciate the fun memos too. I think it's great. Um, and for a free way to support the show is, you know, everyone listening right now, um, share the show. The more the merrier. We're going to get into some big news. Um, and for folks listening to the recording, you know, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leaving a comment on YouTube and subscribing is a, is a big way to support the show. Um, let me see here. So <clears throat> story number three today is kind of on the topic of some potential new H barbarians. Like that's, you know, with this event in LA coming up, that's a big component of it. We're going to have the art scene in LA kind of check you out Hedera for the first time, which is exciting, which is exciting. Uh, oh, someone just responded, uh, Tamara joined late. Um, do not worry, Tamara. The show is recorded and it's available on all major podcast platforms. So if you're listening now, you did not miss out. You're going to be able to go back and listen to the recording. Um, no problem at all. So don't sweat it. Um, 
So when we talk about new age barbarians joining the community, one thing I'm noticing that's that's fascinating and I think really important is lots of high profile crypto people out there on all sorts of different networks. They're talking about new problems and pain points that I haven't really seen at the surface level in this way before. And I'm talking about um, the the MEV stuff, right? The minimal extra uh, maximal extractable value issues surrounding that mempools, leaders versus leaderless networks, true decentralization, governance, TPS, scalability, carbon neutrality, how fees work. Like just recently, I saw a Twitter interaction of um, folks from the Algorand community kind of saying, "Hey, you know, our fees are low as well, even if the price of Algorand goes up." Um, you know, 10x or or however much, the fees will still be really really low. But again, the full picture is if you're if you have an enterprise use case on an L1 network, do you necessarily want your costs to fluctuate by that amount? Especially if you're doing a high throughput use case on a network. Um, and you know, also too, I think that. These are really great discussions to be having. And I know that it's frustrating. I know that H barbarians out there kind of bang their head on the wall going, oh my God, they don't get it. But we all have to remember that we kind of have all been there, right? In our journey to this network and, and to becoming H bar holders started largely the same way, right? It's challenging the thesis of Hedera. Um, it is being skeptical of the promises of Hedera because to, to be to be fair, a lot of the promises made by Hedera do sound too good to be true. It is very it, it is a, a massive departure from the second generation DLT um, architecture, right? So it's a, it's a, it is a pretty big deal. And I think what we're seeing right now is the first phase of some high profile people in the crypto community, doing something really important, which is exploring these pain points and problems uh, in a fresh way. And I know that's frustrating and I, and I see um, members of this community jumping in there, giving corrections and critiques and information um, and healthy debate. And those are just the ingredients for a little bit of magic to happen. And it's not gonna be easy. Um, it is not gonna be smooth. I definitely think that some of those conversations, as they work their way up to more and more prominent figures, as we've talked about Hedera being the disruptive technology that it is, you know, can definitely um, threaten some of other folks' investments or convictions in other networks. So it's 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 going to be crazy, but uh, it's an observation of mine, and it's big. This is this is a big shift that I'm seeing. Um, and I mean, there's lots of counterpoints made for each of the topics. Um, and I think that it's just about right now, the discussions are centered on specific topics, right? Either there's a debate and conversation happening about low and fixed fees, and maybe there's another discussion and debate um, around, um, you know, the TPS and scalability purview. They have These discussions are kind of, uh, they, they haven't gotten to that kind of full picture yet. And I think it's going to take time. Um, and I think the reason why a lot of us enjoyed that 
infamous Harvard talk that Lehman gave um, back in 2017 is what Lehman did was he did a great job of illustrating all of these pain points holistically and assembling that full picture and then clearly outlining a view of the picture and solutions to all those pain points because they're all in relation to each other. Um, and I think that that's what folks are working towards is um, they're not at the same place that a lot of people were at. Um, these are just new topics. And again, uh, there's a lot of resistance to some of these things and it's, and it's fair. Like if, if you're, if you're a, a big holder of a project and you're seeing critiques of your project through the lens of another network that does it better, naturally, you're going to be skeptical. Naturally, um, you know, you're, you, there's going to be that sense of disruption, that defensiveness, that debate. Um, and I think this is just a phase we have to get through. Um, but again, there's also plenty of misinformation and FUD. But again, I think that's that's the that's the the undesirable side of this, right? The positive side of this is people talking about these pain points and issues for for the first time, um, and just the part that we have to get used to is the fact that yeah, sure, as Hedera gets more eyeballs on it, there's going to be more FUD, there's going to be more more misinformation. Um, it will be in some people's best interest for this network, you know, not to succeed. But nobody has to fail for Hedera to succeed. No, you know, no network has to fail for any other network to succeed. This, you know, a, a brief reminder: the total market cap of the crypto uh, industry is that of like half of the market cap of Apple, right? One company in the Fortune 10. So, um, in context, lots of room to grow for everybody. But it is important to understand that Adira does have a competitive edge and is pretty disruptive. And these conversations are interesting to, to see going on. Um, and I think that influencers that I've seen, like the biggest names in the Hedera ecosystem that are kind of already on board, already kind of towing the Hedera line, I've seen them kind of start to dig their heels in a little more. Um, and that's been an interesting thing to watch. Um a lot of people's convictions have increased in some way, which is strange, especially in a bear market, right? Especially um, when Hedera's, you know, the HBAR's price performance have, has kind of remained stagnant, but again, against other assets has performed relatively well. It's just another interesting observation to see folks digging their heels in even more. Um, and, you know, for better or for worse, you know, there's, there's continued heavy investment in enterprise use cases and network infrastructure, um, which again, it's a bummer that there isn't more retail focused things, but um, that continues as well. So things are firing on all cylinders. And I mean, the other thing too is we also have the DREC and the DREC Alliance component, which is the decentralized recovery. And that is through Swirls Labs. That's an open source initiative. And we've always talked about that as being, again, more awareness around Swirls and in turn Hedera and a massive contribution to the larger crypto ecosystem. And that's for me what this is really about is it's about import versus export. Hedera does a really great job of importing a lot of um, value add to this network through governing council members, enterprise use cases, all these different types of things. <clears throat> but what is going to be the key exports of Hedera, right? What is going to be the products and services that um, are built in 
Hedera that other networks leverage. That's really the next step. And you could look at, you know, the Guardian ecosystem, or you could look at the um, Stablecoin Studio as as good examples. But what are the like community, um, you know, what what are the community uh, initiatives and 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 projects? that are going to grow to a point where they bring so much value to other networks. That's really going to be the big question here. But um, I think we are primed for some new age barbarians. I'm excited, but it will be messy and it will be uh, frustrating, I think, for many. Uh, but the best thing we can do is is just continue kind of sharing information um, and dealing with misinformation um, and trying to keep cool heads, right? We only have so much energy that can go around. Um, so always worth remembering the, the age old rule, do not feed the trolls, right? Some people is just not worth responding to. I want to get to our fourth story of the day, which revolves around the Oracle landscape on Hedera. Um, this is, this is a story I don't think is really top of mind for a lot of folks right now. Um, and I don't think will be for a little bit just because I don't know how much of a demand there is at a large scale in the Hedera ecosystem for a retail Oracle. Uh, and again, this is all part of that catch 22 that, that, uh, Mei Chen and, and others are talking about on X right now, which is the fact that we, we have a lot of funding for, um, enterprise, applications and use cases, and also um, teams and projects um, outside of kind of the core Hedera ecosystem. But when we look at the smaller projects that are really trying to get off the ground, the startups, um, the ones that are really going to make the difference for this network in a bull market and become those champions and potentially offer those um, groundbreaking technologies and, and products and services that the larger crypto community might want to use... Um, oracles are kind of a part of that because there, we now have a really great example and thread to pull from on it, um, on kind of that topic. So <clears throat> real quick, what is a blockchain Oracle? Well, blockchain oracles connect, uh, blockchains to the external world and they're, they are what allows smart contracts to interact with real world data and events. So for an example, if Alice and Bob bet on a sports match, using a smart contract, an Oracle would provide the match outcome to the smart contract to determine the winner. <clears throat> and of course you have to have validation of that data. It has to be trusted, all those different types of things. So there's so many components that go into that, but Oracles are a big component of how crypto functions at a large scale. And if Hedera wants to scale in that way, we're going to need a type of retail Oracle that's native to Hedera. Um, now the problem with oracles in general is smart contracts on their own can't access data outside their blockchain environment, right? So when we look at the Hedera EVM, when we look at smart contracts on Hedera, how are those going to be able to access data outside of the network? And that's where oracles come in, right? Where they bridge that gap and they, and they bring that off-chain data into the network. Um, and you know, many applications, right? Like DeFi need that real world data. And then there's the topic of decentralized oracles versus centralized oracles. Centralized oracles have that single point of failure, which can be risky. And decentralized oracles use multiple independent sources to provide data, reducing risks of manipulation and inaccuracies. 
Um, and Chainlink, for instance, right? Chainlink Labs, being a governing council member on Hedera, um, uses multi-layered decentralization approach for its price feeds. Um, so that's kind of, you know, oracles and there's different types, right? There's input oracles, which is about fetching that real world data, output oracles, which is allowing smart contracts to send commands to external systems, cross chain oracles, which enable data and asset transfer between different blockchains. And then there's compute enabled oracles, which offer decentralized services that are hard to achieve on chain due to various constraints. Um, and really when we look at the existing oracles that Hedera can leverage, you know, Chainlink is a potential big one. And it, from the Chainlink perspective, we just saw them integrate with the base L2 from, from Coinbase. Um, but really the question is like Chainlink is on the governing council. Why haven't they built, um, an Oracle? Right, because when we look at the stablecoin studio and the proof of reserves, that's using a Hedera native oracle called Axiom from Hashport, which is exciting. And um, specifically, Axiom from Hashport is interesting because it's the first and only oracle service natively built um, on Hedera. And there's no platform token required to leverage the service. So that's critical to enterprise where. Enterprise doesn't need to buy a token and hold it um, in their treasury to use this Oracle. It, it's a simple service that's built like a SaaS product, right? And that's a really interesting thing, but it is an enterprise Oracle. It's not something that the retail ecosystem on Hedera is necessarily going to be able to leverage. Um, and the other thing is, is it leverages the Hashport validator set for verification um, and that's a big component of it is we have this information flow through the Oracle. How's that validated? So it taps into um, the validator set, set through uh, Hashport. Now, when we look at Ethereum Oracles, right, like Chainlink and stuff, and we look at the appealing idea of, wow, you know, what about if Chainlink uh, built on Hedera? That would be really amazing. Uh, because it would potentially bring eyeballs to Hedera through Chainlink. Um, the other side to this, the other side to that coin is Chainlink can ask a lot of Hedera, right? Chainlink is, it, it, it has the leverage in that, in that regard. So when you look at what the value is for the Hedera network, it's, it, I think that um, that's where kind of this, the answer lies into kind of why Chainlink isn't isn't uh, diving into the Hedera ecosystem more is because of that kind of where that value is, who has the leverage, um, and what does that deal look like? The other side to this is, is what if Hedera produced a new type of Oracle um, that was native to Hedera that fully leveraged the network and all of the different benefits of it? And created a product and service that would bring something completely new to other networks. That would be a completely different dynamic. Um, and that is, again, in kind of the vein that we're talking about in a few topics we've talked about on the show so far is, when do we flip that switch, right? When does Hedera start to have these major exports to other networks that are incubated within this ecosystem and 
have a massive impact on other ecosystems um, versus major players coming into Hedera and having an outsized effect. It's an interesting proposition. And so we look at the Oracle that we have right now that was built for the Stablecoin Studio through the Hashboard Axiom, and we kind of go, is that a starting point, right? Is 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 there a possible continuation on that front to develop a retail-focused Oracle on Hedera? And what is the need, right? If it is a catch-22 situation where right now there might not be a big need for that type of Oracle in Hedera. Um, the flip side to that is, well, maybe the reason that there isn't a big need right now is because potentially some of those projects haven't launched due to a lack of that type of Oracle service on Hedera. So again, it's it's how do we get through this bear market? How do we um, communicate these different types of opportunities to the folks at quote unquote the top in the governing council to kind of say, hey, there's some massive opportunities here with a very small buy-in that could have an outsized impact during a bear market and especially in a bull market. It's very interesting to think about. Um, and it seems, again, it seems that we have the ability to build a Hedera native retail oracle. Um, it feels to me like there's projects that might need one out there. Um, and it's a big missing puzzle piece that people have been talking about for a very, very long time on this network. And I'm very interested after last week's episode, talking about the Stablecoin Studio, looking into it further, understanding what Hashport's working on, the Axiom Oracle, and just kind of going, there's some, there, there, there's, uh, there's some pieces here that the network could, could need. So I just wanted to kind of bring that up as our fourth story of the day um, and really encouraging people in this community and doing a call out to um, anyone building. Um, now is the time to have more conversations around oracles on Hedera and the potential of having a, a native oracle to Hedera. It feels like some pieces are are there and it's time to kind of shine a light again on that conversation and kind of see who needs one, what could be built with it. Um, and what is it going to take to make that happen now that we potentially have a starting point with Axiom? So um, that's very interesting to me. Um, story number five. This is one that um, continues on the thread and kind of this overall evolving story and kind of the ESG space, uh, the regenerative finance space. Um, and we talk a lot about these key players in the space, right? We're, we're, we're constantly talking about Dovu, uh, Timeless, Tomb. Um, even last week, we talked about uh, the, um, what was their name? I'm, I'm not going to go back and look at it in my notes. It's going to take too long. But um, the initiative that Dovu is working on with in India for, for, for uh, sunsetting a lot of these cars that are at their end of life and you know, leveraging the Dovu platform for India, for the Indian government to um, inch closer to their carbon offset goals as a country. Um, very interesting space. And I saw a headline yesterday regarding um, 500 million tons of carbon credits being onboarded or having been onboarded to Hedera, which is very um, interesting. And the uh, the major players here are um, 
names that I haven't really seen before. And there, there was also a tweet, uh, a Twitter thread from the HBAR Foundation that shed a little more light on kind of how it's coming together and what's actually going to be happening. Because there is a bit of confusion. Like the confusion here is like, is this carbon already bridged um, or is it going to be bridged? Still not 100% clear, but essentially <clears throat> uh, Hedera is taking a monumental leap in the carbon credit sector. Um, all caught. A global environmental services company has onboarded or will be onboarding an impressive 500 million metric tons of carbon credits with the Hedera Guardian. This collaboration not only underscores Hedera's technological abilities in this space, but it's a commit. It kind of highlights like um, how committed Hedera is to this ESG space. I mean, there's a lot of debate around it and Hedera's positioning in. Um, the ESG space, but I mean, this, if you know, this continuing to show the commitment to that space. Now, <clears throat> Alcott is again, a global environment services company specializing in carbon footprint calculation and offsetting <coughs> and some key terms here, like with carbon credits, right? These are certificates that give the holder permission to emit one ton of carbon dioxide. That's what the carbon credits are in this context. Um, and, uh, the guardian is Hedera's solution for managing carbon credits. So the guardian is kind of like this ecosystem with players similar to Dovu that are integrating together. And it's this policy workflow engine tech stack, um, similar to Stablecoin studio, right? It's these ecosystems that, um, supercharge specific verticals, right? Stablecoin studios being stable coins and proof of reserve and remins and, um, the guardian ecosystem being around ESG. Um, so the key things here are um, the uh, the Guardian and uh, the collaboration with Alcott um, is is leading to these, you know, 500 metric tons of carbon offsets being brought to the Hedera ecosystem. So um, onboarding such a vast amount of carbon credits signifies a big step forward. Um, and the decision for Alcott to use the Hedera platform is, is a, again, another, it's, it's, it's another kind of proof point for other potential use cases moving to the Hedera ecosystem. I mean, Rob Allen from the Hashgraph Association talks about this a lot, which is enterprises kind of require, it's almost like people that want to dive into cold water. You're kind of looking all at each other. Who's going to dive in first. Um, is a similar situation where the more of these that we see, even though on their own, they might not, they might be embellished a little bit. I think collectively it all adds up to that social proof for these enterprises, organizations, governments to look at Hedera and go, Hey, I'm very comfortable in using this network for our potential use case. Um, and uh, really the, the, the key thing here is um, a Twitter thread published by the HBAR Foundation, um, which kind of expands a little bit on this um, and provides some clarity on exactly what's going on. So they've announced the launch of DLT Earth, which is a global regenerative finance grant program um, from the Sustainability Impact Fund at the HBAR Foundation, uh, the DLT Science Foundation, the Alcott Group, Right, which is um, the uh, 
which is the um the you know the the, the key player in the story also for africa alliance and envision blockchain right the creators of the hadira garden ecosystem um, and this is for researchers to investigate and improve reporting and methodologies that track and mitigate climate change via the Hedera Guardian. So what, what it turns out that this story is, is it's a little bit of a level up from just a use case on Hedera and more so about taking a look in general about how the reporting and tracking is done um, for these carbon credits through the lens of the Hedera Guardian. So that's what's really interesting to me. Up until now, it's been about molding the Hedera Guardian to fit um, what's required in that ecosystem. But now that I feel that there's a little bit of a critical mass being reached, it's to a point now where we can start to look at um, how these methodologies um, and tracking and reporting is done through the lens of the Hedera Guardian and having the Hedera Guardian inform that a little more. So it's very interesting to me. Um, the HBAR Foundation continues, over the next several months, DLT Earth will work with its partners on a series of initiatives to enhance the quality and trustworthiness of sustainable finance, climate project methodologies and verification, sustainability markets, and ESG reporting initiatives. To kickstart this, the DSF, uh, right, the DLT Science Foundation, will lead an open hackathon for the digitization of sustainability methodologies and for policies enabling digital uh, measurement, reporting, and verification, right? DMRV. So that's exciting. There's a hackathon component. Um, there is uh, obviously funding available for this. So this is kind of, a, again, another um, body that's going to be providing funding for these things to be built. And, and tying this again back to the, the topic of, of, you know, Mei Chen's tweet and different things like that of these two sides to this, right? Where this new DLT earth thing is yet another, um, you know, investment vehicle for use cases building out on Hedera, which is great, but where's the investment vehicle for the startups and smaller projects uh, servicing the Hedera ecosystem directly, just, you know, for an example, you know, wallets, mirror nodes, DeFi, oracles, those different types of things. We're, we're missing that piece a little bit. So I think this is great. Um, it's, it's just, again, it's great to see um, Hedera and related organizations investing heavily um, in these key pillars of the ecosystem. But it is also, again, worth bringing this into full context of there is some missing pieces to this. There are some other ways to look at this. Um, but um, we will see 500 million metric tons of carbon brought to Hedera, which is fantastic. Um, and I think that, uh, again, it's headlines. Headlines are good. Um, it, it's, it's tough to gauge exactly how much substance is in these stories, but the headlines matter, right? I mean, we talk about this all the time through the context of retail. You got to have that buzz. You have to have that hype. And, and, and the same is kind of a little bit similar to some of these other arguably, you know, enterprise initiatives, refi initiatives, ESG initi initiatives that we don't necessarily um, associate with retail. Again, 
it's a lot of enterprises and, and big players that it's like a bunch of people trying to jump into cold water. They're all looking at each other, trying to see who's going to go first. It's all about how many can we get to jump into the cold water. It'll have a, it'll have an inflection point. So a great headline. Um, and we'll just have kind of have to see how it, how it, uh, how it plays out. I want to get a couple quick um, items out of the way too, before we move on to our sixth story. Um, we are seeing a slowdown in TPS on the Hedera network. If I look at where the transactions per second is right now, we're at double digits. Um, normally we average about 1500 to a thousand TPS. Um, so seeing TPS at, you know, 80 or 90, a little alarming, right? It's, it's one of the, the main talking points of the community that we are able to do a billion transactions in two weeks. It's very exciting. Um, and so right now that is not what's happening, but looking at the fuller picture um, and understanding that a large amount of these TPS, these transactions moving through the network are coming from the Atma IO use case from Avery Dennison, who is a governing council member, largely those transactions being subsidized by the HBAR Foundation. And worth noting that that doesn't mean that that uh, that value that HBAR is leaving the ecosystem, that that funding is being used to pay for transactions on the network. So all of that HBAR is cycling back to Hedera, to people staking their HBAR. So it's not, it's not a big deal. But um, the TPS slowdown is crazy. And if we pull back and we look at the bigger picture, there is a pattern here, right? Every quarter, it appears as though we see a, a drastic drop off in TPS for a period of time, whether it's a number of days or a week or over a week, <clears throat> usually every quarter. Um, and it's usually about a 75 to 90% drop in TPS. Um, and the pattern is as follows. People uh, learn that the TPS has dropped. They go on to X and they talk about it and they go, oh no, there's a drop in TPS. And then we have various representatives from Hedera and Swirled and the HBAR Foundation say, hey, you know, no cause for alarm, um, but providing very little insight into why there's no cause for alarm. And then we will see an uptick in TPS, usually higher than it was at previously before the drop. And so every quarter, there, it appears to be that cycle, and it appears to largely revolve around some kind of uh, calendar at Avery Dennison for their Atma IO use case. Um, and that's kind of the pattern, right? Every quarter, there is a, a drop-off, there's concern, there's reassurance, and then there is a new um, step function in TPS that brings us higher, right? We and the pattern has gone as follows. We we hit the 500 TPS. We were all excited. We saw that drop down. It returned, and we hit a thousand TPS average. And then it and then and then the drop off happened again. And then we returned, and we were at 1500 TPS. And now we're currently in this drop off period. So, at this point, with this kind of pattern that's happened this time around, um, for those kind of in the know, the reaction to this has largely been excitement versus concern um, because historically this has been leading up to a, a spike in TPS, a sustained increase in TPS. So um, interesting to note, a drop off in TPS, we're going to keep an eye on it, uh, but we're going to see if this pattern continues 
And it's up to speculation whether we're going to see TPS return to normal levels, whether we're going to see it return to reduced levels or a higher level, um, or if this is going to be a prolonged chasm that we are in. Um, and something funny, just before we move on, something funny that I noticed is people are starting to do this like technical analysis on TPS, like including myself, having these kind of like charts up and it's kind of plotting trends based off of historical information. It's kind of interesting, kind of fun and probably useless, but fun. Um, Hedera has been added uh, to Nexos. Um, and I have no idea what Nexos is, but this is just breaking news um, from Nexo or sorry, Nexo. See, that's how little I know about this. Um, Nexo says, quote, you can now deposit HBAR through the Hedera network. Native transfers are here to add even more tools for your Hedera arsenal. Instant HBAR backed credit lines, worldwide, worldwide Nexo credit spending, and so much more. Um, so shout out to Nexo. I have no clue what you're doing, but very, people are very excited that HBAR is made available at Nexo. So if you are one of those people that is excited, now you know. Um, also too, an NFT project, Pudgy Penguins, has been added to Walmart. So this is an NFT project that was kind of bootstrapped and they've made it into major retail stores um, and they're selling pudgy penguins in Walmart. I mean, this is again, this is an NFT project that is available in 2000 Walmarts in the US. That's kind of crazy. Um, we've seen NFT projects raise tens of millions of dollars and um, have collaborations with Tiffany's and all these different types of things. Um, and largely some of those projects um, really haven't been making a lot of noise, have have come under sharp criticism from the from various communities. And you know, again, here we see, you know, Pudgy Penguins um, that is an NFT project and they've got merchandise being sold. Um, in Walmarts across the country. So if you want to talk about real world adoption for NFTs as collectibles, um, pretty crazy. There's not a lot of criticism you can bring to this. This is a kind of a full circle moment. So I'm going to follow Pudgy Penguins. It's cool to see NFT paraphernalia being distributed at large retail stores. <clears throat> and it also gets me thinking about Walmart, right? Um, I'm noticing a lot of chatter in the Hedera ecosystem about Walmart becoming a potential governing council member, about potentially wanting to use Hedera to um, leverage uh, for, uh, for carbon offsets. Um, we've talked about it before on the show. We've been talking about Walmart as a rumored use case or governing council member for months, maybe even years at this point. So We've talked about it. I'm not going to talk your ear off about it today, but it's just worth noting that I am noticing kind of an uptick in speculation regarding Walmart specifically. And, uh, you know, we are overdue for a governing council member. It is, you know, Lehman did rumor that a Fortune 10 would be using Hedera. Walmart was also rumored to be that Fortune 10. So this goes back... This goes back a long way. 
So we're just going to have to see what happens. Wouldn't it be crazy if we got a governing council member announcement ahead of the LA Hedera meetup? That would be wild. But Walmart, there we go. Um, also, too, last night, uh, David from FSCO, Fresh Supply Company, who you know famously has moved from MasterCard's Providence blockchain project uh, product to Hedera. Um, he noted on that spaces that their continuity payment trigger uh, service is currently live now on Hedera and they have more news coming. Um, and essentially folks and enterprises and projects that used to use MasterCard's Providence product, um, FSCO is going to help facilitate those migrations to the Hedera network. So it's very exciting. So um, shout out to the foundation and, and Brandon, the H Barbell for hosting that conversation. Great questions. I'd encourage people to go listen to that. Lots of great insights. Um, H suite has been added as a default listing on saucer swap. So now after a very long time coming, um, we have a native token from one Dex being listed on another Dex as a default asset. I think that's great. That's exciting. Great to see. So shout out to the saucer swap and H suite team. Big news. Uh, I think that's great. Dovu has finally been added to CoinGecko. And for folks that uh, are not up to speed, Dovu did a token migration from Ethereum ERC-20 a native Hedera HTS token. They did a great job with the migration, but it meant that there was a lot of loose ends that needed to be tied up. One of those was integration with CoinGecko for the new token. And that box has been checked. So that's exciting. Um <clears throat> $1.72 trillion asset manager Citigroup uh, is launching a digital token and private blockchain system for real-time payments. Um, so yet another major institution um, entering the Web3 space. And, and Rob Allen said um, on the recent HBAR Bull episode, um, something interesting. He said, in the payment space, Hedera is exiting the proof of concept phase and heading into the pre-production pilot phase. So the Hedera ecosystem, the stablecoin studio, these different types of things, there's a massive shift happening. Um, and he said, you know, Rob Allen said on, on the H bar bulls show, he said, this is all coming together very quickly as the adoption curve comes. Right. So this is kind of what we've been talking about on the show. And he said something very interesting to me, which is quote, Every financial organization on the planet is considering its Web3 strategy right now. So we see those headlines like Citigroup uh, looking for looking for those opportunities. You know, there we are. Um, we have seen another massive volume spike on Hedera. And I'm just going to load up CoinMarketCap right now. We saw one earlier this week which turned out to be incorrect, uh, kind of a, a fluke uh, in the data. But this one that we saw that was interesting um, for a few reasons, but uh, what I will say here is I want to see, um, how do I, I want to zoom, I want to do a bit of a zoom in here. Okay, so um, in regards to volume for HBAR, we're seeing a ramp up in volume of the asset from the usual, you know, Hedera usually has about 20, I'd say 
15 to $20 million worth of volume every 24 hours. Um, right now, we've seen a spike to almost half a billion dollars in volume for HBAR. Now, this is largely due to, I believe, a new listing um, through BitVenus, and they are driving about $350 million worth of volume for HBAR. And they have a high confidence score on CoinMarketCap. So the question is, um, what is going on at BitVenus? Um, what is BitVenus doing with their new token pair listing of HBAR USDT that's driving over $350 million of 24-hour volume of HBAR? Um, that's crazy. And I think that um, this is something I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Uh, we are seeing volume spikes on Hedera on HBAR. Some of them, like the one that happened on the 21st, is just I, it, it just turned out to be bad data. We have yet to see if this, if this one has the credibility that it has. Um, but almost half a billion dollars in volume on, on HBAR. It's wild stuff. JP Morgan says Ethereum has been disappointing since its Shanghai upgrade. And I say, hey, maybe you should check out something. Maybe you should check out something called Hedera. Um, also, too, uh, I want to just quickly touch on some uh, HBAR technical analysis that was done by a community member. And I just want to say on the show here, I'm interested in doing more technical analysis, fundamental analysis on HBAR. Uh, the actual asset very soon uh, just because things are starting to heat up. Things are starting to get interesting. Um, so I'm looking for folks that might be interested in popping up on the show with me for a couple minutes to share their uh, takes from a technical analysis perspective um, and provide that information to the show. I think that'd be fun. So if you are interested, reach out to me. But we do have this uh, technical analysis from uh, at Dude Bra Woe on X, who is a, a longtime Hedera community member. <clears throat> and uh, they say, in regards to HBAR, the big picture is still either a weaker higher low or double bottom with the same slightly higher low than the point uh, 3.7 cent low from December last year before we head up. Um, and continuing, uh, they say their opinion on the Bitcoin, on Bitcoin and HBAR and what they might do. Um, they say they think Bitcoin is retesting the top of a channel um, and inverted uh, head shoulders with a low around 24.8. HBAR is moving ahead of this. It could dip back down to low mid fours or not and just keep going. We'll have to see. That was what they shared on the 19th. And again, we're still holding above four cents, although dipping below five cents. Um, and then continuing um, a four hour update, they posted this yesterday. Uh, possibility of another move down to the second orange line, which they have placed. Um, where do they have this placed? <clears throat> down to that would be uh, the 0.48. Um, and I'm curious to see if we've moved down there since, but um, otherwise still the same plan. So it, it, it appears as though we're, we're 
we're going to be holding above the five cent range, potentially dipping beneath it. And we're going to be watching closely to CH bar in relation to Bitcoin, because like we've talked about many times, um, H bar largely follows the price action of other altcoins and altcoins largely follow the price action of Bitcoin. So it's interesting to see H bar making a couple of these moves on its own, not necessarily decoupling from Bitcoin, but making sort all sorts of different moves that are interesting. And again, it gets you excited of what potential independent moves could HBAR make to the upside. That's exciting. But also too, it makes you nervous of what potential independent moves could HBAR make to the downside. And then you pair this with crazy spikes in volume and you go, is this sell volume? Is this buy volume? It's all very interesting. It's all very confusing. And so that's why I'm kind of putting a call out to the community if anyone is interested in being a part of the show to pop up for a couple minutes every week to share some technical analysis. Let me know. Reach out. I'd be really interested to connect with you. Um, and, and also, too, shout out to at DudeBrawo on, uh, on X, the artist formerly known as Twitter, for the uh, technical analysis they've been uh, providing the community. Um, I think it's, uh, I think it's great now on to our sixth story of the day. And I know this is a longer space as we have so much to cover. I don't know what the next week looks like with the Hedera meetup in LA. So I really want to get down to it and get some stuff covered on the show here. But this concerns breadcrumbs involving Freddie Mac. Um, for those who don't know what Freddie Mac is. Uh, what I will do is do a quick Google search and read it out to you. Um, the Federal Home Loan Mortgage Corporation, commonly known as Freddie Mac, is a publicly traded government-sponsored enterprise headquartered in Tyson's, Virginia. They were created in 1970, and basically they are um, a you know a federal home mortgage uh, corporation and uh, uh, a star player in the 2008 global financial meltdown and crisis. So shout out to you, Freddie Mac. <clears throat> um, but also where does this, where does this all loop into? Where does this come into Hedera? What are, where are we talking about? Right. It's kind of crazy to be like Freddie Mac, Hedera. Um, where does this come in? Because again, Freddie Mac is massive. When you look at the mortgage space and the real real estate space around the globe, Freddie Mac is massive, right? They're top of mind. So this involves safe rate. What is what is safe rate? So safe rate is kind of a modern lending platform for homeowners and people wanting to provide liquidity for those uh, mortgages and loans. So um, essentially, safe rate is different from other uh, from other kind of lenders and. What they do is basically earn $2,000 when you join SafeRate. They do not roll the $2,000 into your rate or hidden fees. SafeRate offers mortgage loans in Illinois. Um, their whole thing is kind of like they're they're avoiding the ads and teaser rates, and they're just focusing on being a recommended lender. Uh, customers save an average of $10,000 over the life of the loan. They close loans in 18 days on average through a fully digital process. 
Many customers return to Safeway for subsequent purchases or refinances. The difference is they grow 100% through referrals. They don't do advertising. Uh, I haven't heard of them, so I think that's true. Um, the $2,000 can be used to lower interest rates, reduce closing costs, or be redeemed for gift cards. They guarantee no lender fees, including application fees, underwriting fees, processing fees, commission fees, yada, 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 yada. Nobody likes fees. That's gross. Um, so um, what is going on when it comes to Freddie, you know, Freddie Mac and Hedera? Safe rate. What is this about? Well, I have to give a huge shout out to Danny Eid on X, Hedera community member, always giving the breadcrumbs. I love it. And I just want to basically read what he put out um, just because I think he did a great job. Um, and also a couple quotes from uh, a presentation given by the folks at SafeRate. So uh, this is from the co-founder and, and chief investment officer, Shima, um, at SafeRate. Quote, in October, we're partnering with Freddie Mac, Hedera Hashgraph, and Aberdeen Investments to launch SafeRate Invest the down payment saving program where buyers earn 10 times higher returns than a traditional savings account, right? So few key things right off the bat, right? Is a new investment vehicle for everyday investors to provide that liquidity to folks looking for mortgage loans. Very fascinating, very interesting. Um, and you hear a few key things there, right? Freddie Mac, Wowzers, Hedera Hashgraph, ooh, ah, Aberdeen, interesting, right? Governing council member. Continuing, um, she says, we're helping future home buyers earn a higher rate of return than a traditional savings account and giving them the knowledge that they're directly investing into homeowners and communities. It's just the safe rate community helping each other. Um, the CEO, Dylan Hall, says, I teach a class at the University of Chicago and run a mortgage banker safe rate which also focuses on tokenization of mortgage assets, in addition to being a global DCA fellow. Um, so the CEO, again, Dylan Hall says, so what SafeRate then does is it creates a smart contract that digitally represents all the permissionary note itself. We actually deploy that smart contract to Hedera Hashgraphs to centralize ledger. And Dylan continues, we're actively servicing mortgage loans not just for ladder up, but again, another kind of affiliate, but with other customers as well. You can see our payment portal today, how we're collecting payments from our borrowers, and ultimately we'll be publishing this payment information to Hedera Hashgraph. Um, continues, we've been working closely with the Hashgraph Association Enterprise Accelerator Program. So that kind of ties into what Rob Allen's been mentioning and what we've talked about on the show previously. And are, and are just a number of potential partnerships that can come from this. Hedera has been really excited by the opportunity to ultimately have fixed income ESG market that's fully live on their ledger. And so this kind of ties into that um, aspect. Now, another, you know, when we look at who's involved with this, another key player involved with this is Toco, right? From DLA Piper, who's been in the headlines quite a bit. So the CEO, Dylan Hall of SafeRate continues, we're working with Toco, which is a tokenization engine originally developed within DLA Piper and their global law firm. So Toco will be the one that's responsible for tokenizing the shares with us and helping us set up that security. And 
so there you go. You have this mortgage lending security, you know, thing happening on safe rate that's very compelling both for borrowers and buyers. And it's very interesting to see what's happening. And that's kind of where this um, breadcrumb with Freddie Mac kind of ties in and you look at who's involved, right? Aberdeen, DLA Piper, Toco, two governing council members, this new player, Safe Rate, a very compelling use case. And it makes you kind of go, well, Freddie Mac must understand and, and know about Hedera. Very, very interesting, very, very fascinating. But it doesn't stop there. Um, a user on the Hedera subreddit, uh, snow underscore 571, um, says the following class info for a 2022 University of Chicago course taught by Dylan Hall, who is the CEO of SafeRate, um, outlines where uh, CompSci master students submitted Freddie Mac data to Hedera. So if you go to um, the MPCS uh, uh, program, there's a program from Dylan Hall's course at the University of Chicago. Um, called Publishing Loan-Level Mortgage Performance Data on a Public Decentralized Ledger, Winter 2022. And the key quote from this is, as a part of this course is, quote, in this project, you will work to publish loan-level performance data using data from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, right? Fannie Mae, another um, famous star in the, in the film, um, the Big Short, and also a, a key player in the uh, 2008 uh, Global Meltdown. Um, shout out, Freddie Mac and Freddie May. Um, <clears throat> you will work to publish loan-level performance data using data from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac loans, as well as private data sets on our own loans. The data will be submitted to Hedera Hashgraph's decentralized ledger. The project will ultimately serve as the underpinning for a direct decentralized investment vehicle by which consumers can directly invest into residential mortgage loans and offer more transparent alternatives to today's decentralized stablecoin products. Wow, a lot of words there. It gets your brain going. Even the word stablecoin there. We think about the Hedera Stablecoin Studio, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, DLA Piper, Aberdeen, Safe Rate. I hope that back in the winter of 2022, the students of Dylan Hall's course got A's across the board and we're able to put all this data on the Hedera Hashgraph and it was all fun and crazy and everything like that. And we're just going to have to see. So I've got, um, I've got SafeRate on my radar. I've got Fannie Mae on my radar. I've got Freddie Mac on my radar. This is a very compelling thing. Um, and I think this is a, a juicy little breadcrumb. Very interesting. And it comes down to the fact that data from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have already been uh, submitted to Hedera Hashgraph and in this new actual use case will continue to be <clears throat> recorded on graph. Very, very cool. Um, story number seven today, Hashpack is making big moves. The UAE-based DECA4 partners with Hedera-powered Hashpack to bring Web3 to the MENA sports industry. So, from the heart of Dubai, a groundbreaking partnership emerges intertwining the worlds of sports, Web3, and Hedera Hashgraph. And essentially, the, the, you know, the, 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 the kind of main takeaway here is like, 
This is about an NFT marketplace built on Hedera launching for 30 to 40 million monthly users. Um, very exciting. And so DECA4 is a specialized blockchain consultancy studio based in the UAE. They also have a horrible website. So someone please help them with that. Hashpack, no one needs no introduction. Um, also too, I see uh, Tyler from Hashpack listening to the show. Tyler, no pressure. If you want to share any of your thoughts or insights on this story, I know you're very excited about it. Feel free to request to speak. I'd be more than happy to have you jump up for a couple minutes, but um, no pressure at all. Um, <clears throat> another key player in this is um, Sphere World, which is a platform leveraging the largest football and sports fans community in the uh, in the uh, Arab world, introducing them to Web3, NFTs, and blockchain. I love it. Sport, Sport Inc., licensed by Kuro.com, is the largest sports media website in the Middle East. Um, and MENA stands for Middle East and North Africa, basically encompasses, you know, countries from West Africa, um, often referred to as the Middle East, um, and also parts of North Africa. So um, this is really that global effort. And this is a really big partnership. Um, and the, the, so the UAE, uh, UAE-based DECA4 uh, and Hashback have joined forces to introduce Sphere World to the Hedera network. This collaboration aims to bridge the gap between traditional Web2 users and the progressive Web3 ecosystem, especially um, in the Arab sports world. The project, backed by the Hashgraph Association, promises to deliver unmatched value to stakeholders and users. All about those stakeholders. An NFT marketplace will launch for 30 million monthly users. And so, basically, when it comes to the, the partnership between um, DECA4 and Hashpack, and I mean, I hope I'm saying DECA4 correctly. I'm just reading it as it's written. Um, partnership seeks to bring this new uh, Sphero World uh, marketplace backed by the Hashgraph Association into the realm of non-custodial wallets and the Hedera network. The alliance is seen as a significant step forward, bridging the gap between um, the traditional Web2 users and Web3 ecosystem. And this goes beyond technology. I mean, I think there's a real community uh, angle to this. I think that the, the the aspect of leveraging these technologies to bring communities closer together um, is important. And when it, when it comes to Hashpack's vision and mission, Hashpack really prioritizes user experience. Um, and I think that um, when you look at Hashpack, a lot of people praise that wallet for the polish, the user experience, the user interface. And I mean, we see so many people in the space talking about this aspect, right? Including Galaxy is there's a massive gap in that user experience, that polish. So that's going to be a big component to this. Um, and they have Hashpack Studio, right? Which is effectively a consultancy offering uh, these kind of um, integrations for businesses and ultimately promoting higher sign-up conversions. So Hashpack Studio is a big kind of new component um, to the Hedera ecosystem. And through the Hashpack Studio, a lot of these partnerships are happening. And this is right. This is really kind of like that first big, 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 big one, um, which is very exciting. <coughs> Sorry, I just had to uh, clear my throat. I, I didn't want people to hear that on the, on the show. Um, so 
what's the role of the Hashgraph Association? So the association is supporting these organizations in the MENA region, um, especially in the sports and gaming industries. Um, and as a nonprofit, the association is really funding the innovation and research and development. Um, and they're focusing on kind of that positive ESG um, impact. And the sphere of world component, that's where really that bridge happens between the traditional sports fandom and the world of Web3. And the, the sphere of world is backed by major entities like Sport Inc. and Kuro.com. It aims to introduce millions of users to the Web3 ecosystem, you know, specifically Hedera. And the platform will leverage NFTs um, and other Web3 technologies. Now, Hashpack shared some specific thoughts on this partnership with DECA4, and I thought it was really interesting. Um, and I think lends to the kind of the strength of the partnership. Um, so I just want to read uh, three of Hashpack tweets verbatim. So, quote, geographically, DECA4 is massive in Dubai. Hashpack continues, why does that matter? The MENA region is a hotbed for crypto and Web3 adoption. Their influence there amplifies our reach, giving Sphere World a global edge. Continuing, quote, they're not just strong in the MENA region, they're globally connected. DECA4 has formed alliances with big names in diverse fields, adding multidimensional value, just to name a few, right? We've mentioned Quora, Sports Inc., uh, DIFC Courts, Metaverse. Um, there's, there's a few different use cases that we've talked about on the show previously that DECA4 ties into. Um, Fast-tracking enterprise transactions to Web3 is DECA4's bread and butter. They're not about that slow-mo. They're about the action and moving at the speed of Web3. So really like um, they are, Hashpack is very excited about this partnership. Um, and to be frank, you know, I look at the website um, of DECA4 and I'm like, I don't get it. It's a crappy website, all these different types of things. But looking at it through Hashpack's perspective and their Hashpack studio, there's a lot of excitement, a lot of excitement. Uh, Mei Chen, CEO and co-founder of Hashpack, says, quote, this partnership is a monumental step towards our shared vision of expanding the reach of Web3 technology and bridging the gap between traditional Web2 users and progressive Web3 ecosystem. Um, Mohammed, founder and CEO of DECA4 Consultancy, says, quote, working with Hashpack to bring Sphere World, Sport Inc., with access to Quora, with a staggering over 30 million active users will provide a unified platform. So big stuff. Um, and I think that, um, you know, the challenge here is going to be the complexities in inherently that come with web three technologies, but with those, um, challenges, those opportunities that I think is where Hashpack is going to shine, which is that user experience, that onboarding experience. I think they're going to be able to fully leverage that. Um, so this is big shout out hashpack deca four sports sports it's big 30 million people nfts like what like what's going on what can you do um our eighth story of the day uh revolves around stablecoin studio world pay just some general updates um this was kind of we talked about this extensively last week the stablecoin studio the proof of reserve world pay all those different types of things for folks unfamiliar with world pay, you know, they're a governing council member. They're the number one global payment processor. They do 40 billion annual transactions, 2 trillion annual volume. 
They operate at over 1.2 thousand transactions per second, over a million merchant locations, and they were the first global payment processor for crypto. Seven out of 10 top crypto exchanges work with them. And this comes from um, Sai, uh, who is the FIS strategic advisor and the Hedera Corporate Utilization Committee co-chair. Um, he shared these insights on the HBAR Bull Show, published last Friday. I thought they were really interesting. I wanted to highlight them on the show today. So he highlighted that one of the key challenges is traditional payment rails use Forex, right? Because when you're doing cross-border remittances through this world pay with these stable coin coins, uh, with these proof of reserves and all these different types of things, leveraging the foreign exchange stuff, it, it you you know it takes one to four days. You have blackout days. So that new USD settlement layer that they launched last year with Circle allowed that quick settlement, which was important. But recently they wondered, and again, these are kind of these new insights that Sai shared. Recently they wondered how can they improve that transparency, right? Imagining a merchant who wants to have a dashboard where they can see the proof of settlement that they're receiving as a part of the stable coins. Um, so this is a dashboard that they've developed that gives them the auditability and traceability um, of that. And what they achieved in the proof of concept is the proof of reserves, right? Or the quote deposit. He, he refers to it as proof of deposit, where a merchant will have a one single place where they'll be able to see what they need to see. That's the big takeaway. Um, and where does Visa fit in all of this, right? Because a big uh, point of interest for folks in the Hedera ecosystem is in this um, in this, you know, world pay announcement, it was, you know, Visa and MasterCard leveraging this. Where do where do kind of they come in with that? And so Visa and MasterCard are using WorldPay for the USDC component. So essentially Visa or MasterCard sends the USDC to WorldPay and WorldPay connects to the merchant's bank. So this this throughput, this connection is kind of completed and leveraging Hedera for that proof of reserves. And when this will hit the market um, is maybe is is kind of the big question. And so this is a settlement service for any stablecoin. It's been implemented with USDC and can be extended to any other stablecoin. And you know, Sai thinks that potentially CBDCs can leverage this service as well. And he cited the predictive fees, the fair ordering, and the high throughput of one of the key deciding factors for WorldPay and this use case to leverage um, Hedera. So again, I feel like last episode, I titled it kind of bigger than we think. So this was one of those stories that I was picturing would be bigger than we thought. And it's gone to show with kind of these new insights that yes, there's a lot more to uncover here as the weeks unfold in regards to these use cases. And so these kind of new insights in regards to that was important. And this stuff is relevant to the Hedera stablecoin initiative because a stablecoin studio initiative, because a big part of that is the Axiom Oracle that we talked about previously um, and that proof of reserves. So the other insight from uh, Sai, um, it was in regards to how the Axiom Oracle integrates in with this use case. So what the Axiom Oracle does is it takes the data feeds for deposits, uh, and that includes like you know USDC minting and USDC settlements. It routes the feeds to the Hedera consensus service, and the Hedera consensus service 
is becoming a central storage for those proofs or attestations. And the proofs are available in the Archaea mirror nodes. So, right? So these pieces are kind of coming together a little more. <clears throat> and that dashboard we were talking about, that's where that comes into play. That Archaea dashboard brings that audibility and traceability for the merchants. So now we kind of have that full circle, that closed loop of, of what's going on and the extension to those merchants and their banks. So it's very exciting stuff, right? WorldPay, Dara Stablecoin Studio, Visa, MasterCard, Circle, USDC, Settlement. It's very exciting. Um, and this kind of goes to what Rob Allen was saying um, on the HBAR Bull Show as well, which was that um, Hedera and this ecosystem in regards to payments is exiting the proof of concept phase and entering into the pre-production pilot phase. So I think this is a huge um, sign of that. On to our ninth story of the day, SaucerSwap version two. Um, this was a big announcement from SaucerSwap, an exciting one. Um, and this concerns a groundbreaking liquidity aligned rewards initiative. Um, and that's kind of a, a new component of the saucer swap version two, one that they're putting a spotlight on yesterday. Saucer swap version two is said to redefine the landscape of liquidity rewards with its innovative Lowry system, right? The liquidity aligned reward initiative, the system not only optimize rewards for liquidity providers, but also broadens the horizon by incorporating HBAR and any HTS token as rewards. Um, so that's the big thing here is when you, when you provide liquidity to these pools and different things, it's not just HBAR and SAUCE token that you'll be receiving for rewards. It could be any type of HTS token. <clears throat> so um, let's look at it. Let's look at a few things here. So the liquidity aligned rewards initiative is a unique feature of SaucerSwap version two that enhances the reward system for liquidity providers addressing limitations of SaucerSwap version one. So Lari is designed to reward active and efficient liquidity contributions, ensuring optimal use of rewards. Unlike traditional systems with Lari, liquidity providers don't need to stake assets to earn incentives. Rewards are auto-distributed auto at the end of each epoch being a two-week period. Lari can be configured to emit HBAR and any number of HTS token to each pool. And so the Saucer Swaps version two reward system introduces a dynamic reward system that aligns with liquidity provider efficiency and integrates with HBAR and HTS tokens. So a significant cut in the inflation rate of Sauce and a an relocation of Sauce emissions. That's one thing we talked about previously on the show and um, has kind of already been broken down as part of their version two announcement. Uh, but the system rewards focused liquidity strategies um, as demonstrated by a comparison between uh, Alice and Bob's strategies, that Lowry ensures a smooth transition to the CLMM and an enhancement of an overall functionality on Saucer Swap. So the CLMM stuff stands for, I think it's concentra uh, Concentrated Liquidity Market Maker. And that's kind of what, what makes the difference on Saucer Swap version two in the way that liquidity pools are managed. You can kind of target where in the spectrum of price in that liquidity pool do you want to provide that liquidity and where do you want to be drawing it from? So it's very, very interesting. Um, and basically, this really positions Saucer Swap kind of as we've been talking about is what's going to be the major exports of this network in regards to IP. 
what is going to be the, the the breakthroughs in technology that could be leveraged from other networks and saucer swap version two again with this new larry system is like a big aspect of that it's going to be very interesting to see um how the decks um behavior changes when the version two protocol is incorporated um and i think that that is uh going to be really exciting to watch unfold. And there's a quote from SaucerSwap, which says, quote, the launch of SaucerSwap version two is fast approaching, pending the release of a final audit report by Omnitia and some remaining working on the front end. In the meantime, the SaucerSwap core maintainers are excited to introduce the liquidity aligned reward initiative, a novel feature of SaucerSwap version two that will be available at launch. So big stuff, guys, big stuff. Um, and our last story, our, our 10th story of the day, it concerns Citadel Wallet. Um, they're going to have live demos at, at Hello Future Live in LA, which will be exciting. But they're right now publishing videos of the real hardware wallets um, in hand, performing all sorts of different actions um, on the Hedera network, uh, which is exciting to see. Um, recently, they published... Um, a video of kind of like creating an account, opening a wallet, uh, performing some kinds of simple transactions. Um, and it's just cool to see the wallet in action, the actual size of it, um, and, and the actual seeing the interface in action is really interesting. So um, <clears throat> they're basically, they've published images of kind of the new hardware, the internals, actual photos of um, the logic boards and chips and different things like that. Um, and I think it's a really exciting time for that project, especially um, as we get closer to a new hardware wallet designed specifically for the network. I think that that is um, a really big thing that's missing, right? Is we, you know, for sure we've got Ledger, we've got Descent Wallet, all those different types of things, but they don't necessarily support all of the different transaction types and asset types native to this ecosystem. So this wallet being designed specifically for the Hedera network, that's going to be a very exciting thing to watch unfold. Um, so I definitely encourage people to go into the Citadel um, X account, watch those videos, check it out. Um, and if you're going to be in LA, they're going to have those live demos. You, you might get your hands on one of these wallets to try it out. So I think that's going to be uh, very, very exciting, very, very interesting. Um, and just before we wrap up here, one quick update on the domain space on Hedera. Um, it appears there's a new naming service now. So we have HNS, which is the .hbar domains, um, which is solely being managed and provided by um, Hashgraph.name, shepherded by BCW. We now have KNS, which is the Kabuto naming service, which is offering other TLDs and domains um, Kabuto did a Twitter thread, um, regarding this and there's a new naming service. And basically what they said is, um, quote, domain services are like internet addresses, making it easy to find websites and services on Hedera. They serve as identifiers for assets, accounts, and more. They're like an, a digital identity card. <clears throat> Hedera name service, HNS, lets users register and manage domain names that end with .hbar. KNS is another domain service on Hedera designed to provide advanced features uh, and simplicity. Both KNS and HNS offer unique benefits. 
Uh, and really the difference is um, KNS is leveraging smart contracts because a big pain point for the domain ecosystem on Hedera is the centralization aspect uh, that we talked about on the show previously, navigating that, lots of debate in the community, but uh, we do have a new fracture in the space of now two naming services, and it will be interesting to see how that story evolves, but um, just wanted to make people aware of it, look into it. I'm going to be keeping an eye on the story and probably talking about it um, as things evolve, but there are now two naming services in the Adair ecosystem, HNS and KNS. So... The week continues. Before I share my quick final thoughts for the week, a huge shout out to everyone listening live on X Spaces right now. Another shout out to everyone listening to the recording on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And an extra shout out to all supporters of the show. Contributions mean a lot. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's worth highlighting once again. Uh, there will be the big Hedera meetup in LA, October 6th to 8th. Um, and, you know, Friday, VIP events, Saturday, the big day, right? Many panels, Manson Lehman, uh, live bands, all that kind of stuff, Palo Tasca. Um, Sunday is going to be more focused on community, more panels, lots of meetups. I imagine some dinners and stuff. Um, and then Monday, I imagine some people will be kind of continuing to kind of chill out in LA. Um, so I'm interested, especially to see what folks are doing uh, on Monday. Uh, there will be an after party on the Friday and Saturday. Genfinity will be doing coverage of the event. Seeky will be doing live music. Mint Condition will be doing some NFT onboarding. An auction will be done by Hello Future DAO's Art Aid auction. Um, there will be a, a treasure hunt with Geotap where you can run around and tap people's uh, NFC chips and uh, get some NFTs and potentially win Sunday morning coffee with Lehman, which is very exciting. There's going to be a food truck. Artists are going to be live painting. Uh, there, there will be live streaming of the event with Seeky for folks that can't make it to LA, which will be great. Um, there's going to be all sorts of interesting people there, right? Like, of course, Manta Lehman, but Sushil from Drop, Palatasca from the DLA Science Foundation, Jim Nasser from Acor, King Solomon from Gem Fit, from Genfinity, the folks from Neuron, um, all those kind of folks. So it's, very, very exciting. So I hope to see a lot of people in LA. I think it'll be fantastic. And uh, I wanted to also give a huge shout out to Elizabeth for stopping by the show just at the beginning to kind of share some of that alpha with the community. Um, she will be kind of getting some some photos and insights of the event and the location. Um, and also too, turns out that some of the vendors are curious about Hedera and HBAR and kind of like, oh, you know, maybe they'll accept that as a payment method. So that would be really interesting. Um, and they're always looking for um, volunteers and support. So if you have the extra time and resources, reach out to Elizabeth uh, or Psyched or Houdini to uh, participate and help and support. And make sure if you are attending, buy your tickets ahead of the event. Don't buy your tickets at the door. It's just going to give the organizers a hard time. Make it easy for them. They're 30 bucks. Buy your ticket. You can get the two days for 60 bucks and the VIPs are 400. And like I said, if anyone's having trouble affording tickets and stuff like that, please shoot me a DM. Um, I've got some options for you and reach out to the organizers and stuff. We want as many people to be there as possible. And 
Yeah. So my final thoughts for the week, I mean, Jesus, I mean, it's, it's a busy week. It is a bear market. Like we talked about, we got BitBoy freaking out, getting arrested. We got lots of confusion. We've got um, <clears throat> people on other networks uh, questioning things about Hedera. We've got, you know, misinformation. We've got um, debate around how funding is disseminated throughout the ecosystem and externally, all those different types of things. But also we've got things like, you know, this event happening. Um, and also we've got so many uh, different things happening within this ecosystem in particular that are making me and I think other folks realize how well Hedera is positioned for next year, um, for the next bull market, probably positioned better than any of us could have ever anticipated. But again, it's about that gap until then and about the catch-22 situations of these things that people need in the ecosystem, um, but that require that funding. So I think that it's kind of like the, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like Mance Harmon is saying, right? Co-founder of Hedero. He doesn't really see the bear market um, relenting until next year for the next 10 months at least. But what he does see is he does see the potential for major investors, Wall Street, um, moving the needle on that. He points to that being the catalyst for those different types of changes that we could potentially see. And furthermore, that ties directly back into some of the things we're talking about today, right? In regards to uh, the committee hearing with Gary Gensler this morning with the SEC, also with the breadcrumbs surrounding Freddie Mac and Hedera, also with all these different Bitcoin spot ETFs waiting approval, all of these things are starting to align, right? So it's important to ensure that the key players in the Hedera ecosystem that are contributing to the network stay here, right? What can we do to keep them here? That's what's most important. The biggest risk that Hedera has right now is being in a situation where um, the bull market um, happens and is here. And a lot of these community contributors that build the products and infrastructure that are often championed by Hedera and the foundation, the big fear is those folks are not around when the bull market kicks in. Let's keep them here. Let's bridge the gap. Let's make it through the chasm. And that's a wrap for the Hashgraph Enthusiast News, episode 95 broadcast live on X spaces every Wednesday at 12 PM Eastern 9 AM Pacific and made available on all major podcast platforms the following day. Um, quick note, stay tuned, follow along with me. I don't quite know what the schedule is going to look like for the next two weeks, just with the LA event happening. Um, I may do the show at the regular time uh, next week on Wednesday. It may just make more sense to do the show live from LA on the weekend. And then the following week, doing a recap show on the Wednesday. I'll have to see, but I'll make sure to keep everybody in the loop as to what the schedule looks like for the show um, around this big event happening in LA. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, you can send an HBAR contribution to enthusiast.hbar using your Hedera wallet. The show's full Hedera addresses in the podcast show notes, YouTube description, and in the post pinned to the top of spaces. Get all the info you need about the show 
at itsbrandandd.com slash hbar. I'll see you next Wednesday for the news. And as usual, for everyone listening live now, if you see someone listening that you don't know on X Spaces and you see their profile picture, click it, shoot them a DM, introduce yourself, ask them what's new. You already have something in common. You've been listening to me ramble on for over two hours. If you see someone that you recognize listening right now in the spaces and you maybe haven't talked to them in a little while, send them a DM too. Ask them what's new because I guarantee you they got something new going on. So do that now. I'll leave the spaces open for a couple minutes. And with that, hello future, goodbye past.